Welcome to Angus Beef Bulletin Audio, a hands-free ABB extension. Thanks for joining us. I'm Casey Brown, Associate Editor of the Angus Beef Bulletin. These are the three new management articles in the August 23rd edition of the Angus Beef Bulletin Extra. You can find these online at angusbeefbulletin.com extra. If you have questions or comments, let us know at abbeditorial at angus.org. Let's get started. Maximizing profits under drought conditions, higher input costs, and national herd liquidation. Factors to consider include herd liquidation, rebuilding, payoffs, and more. By Elliot Dennis, University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Cow-calf producers have not faced this confluence of competing factors in the last 40 years. Some factors indicate cow-calf producers should continue herd liquidation, while other factors indicate there should be greater retention. What we do know from the USDA National Agricultural Statistics Service January 2022 cattle inventory report is that beef cows are down 2%, heifers held back for beef cow replacements are down 3%, and heifers expected to calve this year are down 3% year over year. All of this indicates smaller feeder cattle supplies in 2022 and 2023. That is what we know. What we don't know is what decisions should be made to further liquidate the cow herd or begin rebuilding efforts given current and expected market conditions. Some of the factors indicating herd liquidation should continue are 1. Ongoing drought. The drought in parts of Nebraska and more broadly throughout the United States during the past several years has reduced total hay inventory. 2022 could be year 3 of the most recent drought. If, when, the drought materializes, it could further limit both forage production and quality. 2. High feed costs. Prospective corn plantings are down, with more grain producers choosing to plant soybeans. This indicates that, barring a large South American crop, producers should expect higher corn prices. Likewise, higher corn tends to correlate with higher distillers' grains prices, both of which increase ration costs and reduce the willingness of feedlots to purchase feeder cattle. 3. High cull cow prices. Cull cow prices have begun to rise dramatically in 2022 due to seemingly insatiable consumer demand for ground beef and lower beef imports from Australia and Brazil. Low prices during the last several, several years have incentivized some producers to turn their herd over now when there are profits to be made. Some of the factors indicating herd rebuilding should begin include 1. Strong export demand. Demand is strong in the export market. In 2021, the United States set a record for beef exports. Demand has remained strong in the first part of 2022, and beef has seen more than a 50% increase in export demand since 2010. 2. Strong consumer demand. Even with higher levels of inflation, particularly in the red meat market, Consumers have shown they are willing to continue to purchase beef at elevated prices. This has led retail and food service beef demand to levels not seen since the 1980s. 3. Higher Fed and Feeder Cattle Futures Prices Both the Fed and Feeder Chicago Mercantile Exchange CME price indicate strong demand in the current and deferred months. Futures plus historical basis as a forecast for fall delivery of feeder cattle indicate that current prices would be some of the highest prices producers have received in the last five to seven years. Why is this year so unique? 
This year is unique because the cattle market has not simultaneously faced higher input prices and drought conditions while in a downturn of the cattle cycle. In 2004, the cattle market began to expand before being limited by higher feed prices in 2007 and 2008. The cattle market was still contracting when the drought occurred in 2010 through to, uh, 2012. Now, in 2022, the market is contracting, experiencing a drought, and facing high input prices. Profit maximizing under drought. We have a situation when, where there is a drought, high input prices, and the cattle market is in a downturn. Ag economists have examined how two common drought mitigation strategies, partial herd liquidation or buying additional feed, affect an operation's net present value given the cattle cycle and the length of the drought. Ideally, we want high returns with little variation. What they found was that partial liquidation of livestock tended to provide better returns than purchasing feed to overcome constrained forage supplies. Moreover, partial liquidation tended to be less risky and created potentially less financial stress than purchasing feed. High feed input prices would further increase the value of partial liquidation. These results were estimated using historical weather and price data. In other words, while this is what the results show on average using historical data, each producer must engage in some level of forecasting market conditions and what they believe is best for their operation. Additional points of consideration. Regardless of the choice you make, i.e. retain cows plus buy hay, or partially liquidate cows plus no hay, there are a few points to consider. 1. Recognize payoffs will be made over an entire cattle cycle. Decisions on buying additional feed or liquidating part of the herd are paid out over the entire cycle due to, the, due to the biological lag in production. For example, the effect of a breeding decision is not known for approximately three years. The tendency with finances is to evaluate whether a decision gained or lost an operation money over one year. 2. Communicate the plan to your lender. Regardless of the decision made, Clearly communicating this plan to your lender is important. This helps set expectations for you and the lender about the need for and possibility of extending additional financing. It's better to have a clear understanding of these expectations before making a management decision. Three, don't forget about price risk management. Price risk management continues to be a tool to help manage the variation and level of profits. The current market has a significant amount of price volatility. Some of this has come because of the integration of the U.S. beef market into the global beef supply chain, increasing the total value of the beef carcass. However, as COVID-19 has demonstrated, it can, it can have unpredictable damaging effects. In most years, though, there are opportunities to offset some of the total cash price risk, but this requires effort and time dedicated to watching markets, having a plan, and then being willing to act. You can listen to an interview with author Elliot Dennis in the University of Nebraska-Lincoln's Beef Watch podcast. You can go ahead and check them out. Editors note this article is reprinted with permission from UNL's Beef Watch newsletter. Elliot Dennis is a UNL livestock marketing and risk management economist. Article 2. Are you disposing of pesticides safely? Pesticide disposal is one of those inconvenient tasks that often takes a backseat to the urgent items in our daily workloads. By Sam Polly, University of Missouri. 
Tips for managing and disposing of pesticide products include the following. Read the label, determine how much you need now, and buy close to that amount. Less volume equals less risk of disposal, release, or exposure. Label containers with date of purchase. Let's try that again. Label containers with date of purchase using indelible pen to track product age. Mix only enough for the job. If you end a job with leftover mix in the tank, ask neighbors if they have a similar pest to treat. Never reuse pesticide containers. Triple, rin triple rinse, puncture, and dispose of empty containers in the trash. Triple rinse means fill container one quarter full of water, tightly close the lid, shake, then empty contents into the spray tank and count 30 seconds to completely drain. Repeat two more times. Be sure to wear the required personal protective equipment. Plan B, when you can't use it all. Sometimes you inadvertently run out of area to spray, or the season ends, leaving you with excess chemical. Some producers switch technology, making last season's product obsolete. Whatever the reason you find excess pesticides in stock, store them in an impermeable secondary container in a locked location. Follow all disposal instructions on the pesticide label. Do not dump down a drain, gutter, toilet, or on the ground. Fortunately, the Missouri Department of Natural Resources, or DNR, holds six free annual collection events. Other states likely do the same. At a recent event in Chillicothe, Missouri, 15,441 pounds of waste pesticides were collected. This included old containers of long-band products, such as lead arsenate, aldrin, toxaphene, and dieldrin. The following quotes from attendees illustrate the need for this service. We didn't know where to take this stuff. We didn't want to throw it in the trash. We are so glad you all provide this service. We found this while cleaning out our barn and had no idea how to dispose of it. The first step in disposal is to contact your local waste management authority to determine if they can take the material. If they can't, find out when the DNR will have their next collection event. Never transport chemicals in the cab of your vehicle. Transport in an impermeable container with padding to prevent shifting. For producers who can't make this event and lack a nearby waste collection facility, it's recommended to store the product in an impermeable secondary container in a locked location until next season. Now, there are several links at the end of this article, um, for Missouri producers especially, but other states can likely find similar resources. I recommend you find the, um, find the article online. You can find a link for that in the show notes to this podcast. Editor's notes, Sam Polly works in the University of Missouri Plant Science and Technology Department. Okay, our last column is Gizmos and Gadgets, products for use on farms, ranches, or feedlots, compiled by Lindsay Sowen, our 2022 summer editorial intern. You never know what a day on the farm or ranch is going to look like, so being prepared for everything from disasters to cold weather is important. This month, we look at a first aid kit, a fire extinguisher, a welding helmet, and cold weather gear. First aid kits. This first aid kit is designed for treating serious injuries that can happen on a farm, from machinery accidents to livestock incidents and everything in between. The kit contains 106 total items and exceeds OSHA minimum requirements. The, first, the farm injury first aid kit includes, now bear with me, this is a long list, 16 one inch by three inch adhesive bandages, six two inch by four and a half inch adhesive bandages, 
10 3-inch by 3-inch sterile dressing pads, 5 4-inch by 4-inch sterile dressing pads, 1 2-inch by 15-inch self-adherent wrap, 2 40-inch by 40-inch by 56-inch triangular bandages with pins, one tourniquet, six five-inch by nine-inch sterile combine pads, two two-inch by 15-foot elastic bandages, one wire splint, one 10-inch by 12-inch severed limb bag with twist tie, one 12-inch by 24-inch severed limb bag with twist tie, one emergency survival blanket, two half-inch by 15-foot adhesive spool tape, five one-eighth ounce burn gel packets, one one thirty-second ounce burn cream packet, twelve antiseptic wipes, ten iodine wipes, two instant cold packs, two sterile oval eye pads, two half ounce eye wash ampules, ten sting relief wipes, one forceps, four large vinyl gloves, one five and a half inch steel bandage scissors, and one first aid manual. Thanks for sticking with me. The Hobart Inventor Wielding Welding Helmet. The Inventor Helmet is a high-performance helmet with large viewing area. It's equipped with four arc sensors for improved visibility and weld quality. Additional features include delay control, grind mode, new headgear, low amp TIG rated, low battery indicator, modes weld and grind, grind, reaction time 1 over 25,000, sensitivity control, shade range number 3, number 9 through number 13, and the viewing field is 9.3 inches. Fire extinguishers. The KID ABC fire extinguisher features an effective and user-friendly design to help put out fires quickly. The extinguisher includes an easy-to-read gauge and easy-to-pull safety pin for simpler operation. The rust and impact-resistant steel handle and power-coated cylinder provide durability and corrosion protection. It's suitable for Class A, B, and C fires and designed for vehicle use. The fire extinguisher is USCG approved, including a plastic mounting bracket and a six-year limited warranty. Carhartt cold weather gear. Cold weather is quickly approaching, which means it's time to make sure you're prepared. Carhartt offers everything from gloves to coats to keep you warm. Insulated driver glove. These men's driving gloves help keep hands warm when your routes take you through frigid temperature. They're made of durable system, system 5 synthetic leather and insulated for optimal warmth. Loose fit, firm duck, insulated, traditional coat. This men's coat puts a tough barrier between you and the elements. It's made with heavyweight, firm hand duck, which only gets better with time. Built for cold temperatures, this coat features a smooth quilted lining, as well as the warmest insulation offered by the company. The two-way front zip brings some comfort to long hours behind the wheel. It's engineered for high warmth in severely cold conditions. Loose fit, firm duck, insulated biberol. Work doesn't take a snow day. These men's loose fit biberols help you get the job done in wintry conditions. They're made of heavy duck canvas with arctic weight insulation for added warmth. Triple stitch seams and durable kick panels mean they're built to last. Ankle to thigh leg zips make for easy on and off over boots. You can find links to each of these products in the article itself online. And again, you can find the link for that in the show notes. Thanks for listening. This has been Angus Beef Bulletin Audio.